Melbourne, your City of Melbourne magazine, August-September 2017. This audio magazine has been recorded by Vision Australia on behalf of the City of Melbourne in the interests of information accessibility. Your narrator is David Trudinick. The recording lasts for approximately one hour and twenty minutes overall. Here's what's inside. Lord Mayor's message. Investing in future Melbourne. Your say... Urban Forest Fund, Cedar Stands Tall, Green Light for Market Renewal, Arts Precinct Meets Urban Oasis, Trams on Track, Transforming Elizabeth Street, Wayfinding Pilot, Events Calendar, Melbourne Fashion Week, Geeks Go Global, Beyond the Box Office, Southbank's New Creative Hub, Skate Stars Shine, Food for All, A Century of Care, Fringe Festival Fun, In Brief, Your Council, Council Meetings, Lord Mayor's Commendations, Contact, Closing Announcement. On the cover, Stephanie Henley's award-winning designs on the Melbourne Fashion Week runway. Lord Mayor's Message, from Robert Doyle. I was stunned to receive the award of Companion in the Order of Australia on the Queen's birthday holiday. A humbling and proud experience. I have been most fortunate over my various careers to work with talented, committed people on interesting projects in education, state politics, the private and government sectors and at Town Hall. I have thoroughly enjoyed serving as your Lord Mayor for the past eight and a half years and I'm looking forward to the many challenges, achievements and collaborations that are to come. I thank you, the ratepayers, for having faith in me to continue our vision for Melbourne to remain a competitive, sophisticated and forward-thinking city. Part of my role is to promote Melbourne on the world stage, interrogate what other world-leading cities are doing in policy areas like urban design, safety and innovation, and cultivate relationships with other cities. In early June, I visited Chicago after being invited by Mayor Rahm Emanuel to be a keynote speaker at the Chicago Forum on Global Cities and a participant in a roundtable of global mayors. The forum is ranked the number one think tank to watch worldwide. At the forum, I joined lauded urbanists and city leaders, including former Mayor of Philadelphia, Michael Nutter, to present on the topic, Livable City, Healthy World. I had much to contribute from the world's most livable city and spoke about our urban forest strategy, walkability and cycling, planning for growth, technological disruption, planning, community facilities and safety. The topic for the Private Mayor's Roundtable was financing the global city. I presented the City of Melbourne's case study on how we are funding the largest rejuvenation of an open-air market in the world right now, and the most significant project Council has undertaken, the Queen Victoria Market Renewal Project. I also toured the Chicago Riverwalk Project with Mayor Emanuel, a recently completed beautification project which comprises a two-kilometre walk along the Chicago River from Lake Michigan to Wolf Point, passing under a series of bridges. The six newest blocks were completed between 2012 and 2016 at a cost of $100 million and feature floating gardens, fishing piers and fountains. 
There are restaurants and bars along the activated waterfront, and places where people can moor their boats or kayaks. While I was in town, I also took the opportunity to meet with the head of Chicago Police, Superintendent Eddie Johnson, and the former Commissioner of London Police, Sir Bernard Hogan Howe, both of whom offered me some excellent and frank advice about safety in our city, informed by their own experiences. This advice was particularly pertinent and topical, given the recent terrorist attacks we have seen worldwide, including in our neighbouring Brighton. As always, there is nothing quite like coming home to the best city in the world, the Melbourne that I love and am so passionate about. Signed, Robert Doyle. Lord Mayor Robert Doyle, AC. Twitter, at Lord Mayor Melb. An accompanying photograph shows Lord Mayor Robert Doyle, AC, and Mayor of Chicago, Rahm Emanuel, walking alongside the Chicago River. Investing in Future Melbourne The City of Melbourne has announced record investment in services and infrastructure of more than $557 million in its 2017-2018 annual plan and budget. As part of the new 2017-2021 Council Plan, Lord Mayor Robert Doyle AC said the Council Plan reflects the commitment to Melbourne's continued evolution as a sophisticated, competitive and forward-thinking city. We are continuing our record investment in the city to ensure it remains a vibrant and prosperous place to live, work and visit, the Lord Mayor said. To achieve our priorities, we will invest more than $1.77 billion on programs and services and $780 million in infrastructure over the next four years. This is the largest investment in Council's history. Major investment sees work begin on some of the city's biggest infrastructure projects, like the Melbourne Metro Rail Project and the renewal of Queen Victoria Market. The budget also includes a $17.4 million investment in streetscape improvements, including the redevelopment of Elizabeth Street South, pedestrian safety around Spencer Street, improvements to Racecourse Road and to Queensbury, Cardigan and Pelham Streets in Carlton. For families, $8.6 million will be invested to upgrade North Melbourne's Lady Huntingfield and Hotham Hub children's centres and deliver an upgraded 106-place facility. The budget also includes $3 million towards the development of integrated family and children's service in Carlton. Further funding will go towards public open space projects to enhance Melbourne's livability as the apartment dwelling population continues to grow. Deputy Lord Mayor Aaron Wood, Chair of the Finance and Governance Portfolio, said the Council plan is aligned to the nine goals of Future Melbourne 2026 a plan guiding the city's development for the next decade, developed through community engagement. Council has set out a very clear vision for what we want to achieve over the next four years, the Deputy Lord Mayor said. Despite the record investment in infrastructure, we will not increase the financial burden on residents and businesses. This is a disciplined and fiscally responsible budget with no new borrowings, a focus on cost containment, and a modest rate increase of 2%, with no rise in parking fees. Budget highlights. $60.3 million. Programs and services for youth, aged, children, families, people with disabilities, sport and recreation, and city safety. 
$64 million, Business and Economic Development, City Planning, City Promotion, Tourism and Events, $16.3 million, Arts and Culture Programs, $170.3 million, Transformation of Streets, Boulevards and Laneways, Keeping Our City Clean and Creating an Integrated Network of Bike Paths. The Council Plan also incorporates the Municipal Public Health and Wellbeing Plan, which shapes how the City of Melbourne works to protect and promote health and well-being in the community. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash council plan. Your Say Letter of the Month Just wanted to congratulate Council on the recent improvements to the bike lanes along Albert Street, completing the missing link from Hoddle Street. I hope over the next couple of years the bike lanes can be progressed to provide dedicated connections at intersections. Neil. Share your thoughts with us at melbournemag at melbourne.vic.gov.au Do you or a loved one need help to get around Melbourne? Traveller's Aid offers a wealth of access information, wheelchairs, scooters and companion services to help you plan a trip to and around the central city melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash accessible public transport Tweets at City of Melbourne From UCA, Vic Taz Al Stark is transforming the laneway next to the Synod Centre with a giant mural as part of the City of Melbourne Green Your Laneway project. From Aero Havino Hooray! The City of Melbourne has reinstalled the street sign in Platypus Alley my favourite Melbourne street name. From Mike Breeze. Kensington Skate Park going off. Female skateboard champ, free lessons, retro tunes. Rethinking skate infrastructure. HT. From Walker C10. City of Melbourne launch Urban Forest Fund, doubling tree canopy cover. Can't wait to forest bathe in Melbs. At Unimelb. Unimelb SC, MSSI Melb. Hashtag Urban Forest. From Bicycle Network. More trees, green space and bike lanes. City of Melbourne set to convert South Bank Boulevard into a place for people. From Brendan Nottle. Deeply thankful to Lord Mayor Melb and City of Melbourne for their support of night safe space for the homeless. At Lord Mayor Melb. Salvos underscore 614. Salvos. Hashtag homeless. Instagram. The print edition of Melbourne magazine shows a selection of recent images. From Alexander Horton, a street scene of alleyways with the Supreme Court Library building in the background. From Butcher Baker and Co., a brunch plate accompanied by coffee and toast. From Darn Mason, a crowd seated on the grass in front of the Maya Music Bowl stage. From Emily Kite, an MSO poster, concert ticket, olive sourdough and bottle of wine arranged on the grass. From Food Dream Melb, two hands holding a decorative ceramic bowl filled with gourmet food. From Remus underscore 1988, a street scene focusing on St Paul's Cathedral lit up at night. From Salty Freckles, a jubilant person walking past a large detailed mural which depicts vines twisting around a W-class Melbourne tram. 
from Stainless 2727, a night cityscape of skyscrapers and the St Kilda Road Bridge, the bright colours reflected in the river. Share your Melbourne moments on Instagram with the hashtag MelbMoment. Connect with us www.facebook.com forward slash City of Melbourne, www.twitter.com forward slash City of Melbourne, Instagram.com forward slash City of Melbourne. Green your laneway. Planter boxes and vibrant murals have transformed Coromandel Place through the City of Melbourne's Green Your Laneway project. A $1.8 million investment will see a number of the city's iconic laneways become more vibrant, green and sustainable. melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash green laneways. Global Street Design Guide Swanston Street and eight city laneways have been used as case studies in the Global Street Design Guide. Endorsed by numerous cities from New York to Stockholm, the guide highlights Melbourne's people-focused street design. Globaldesigningcities.org Urban Forest Fund The City of Melbourne's Urban Forest Fund is seeking expressions of interest from people planning greening projects, such as green spaces, tree planting, vertical greening or green roofs. Kylie Legg, an advocate for National Eco Task Force 202020 vision, encouraged people to think creatively to help transform the urban environment. Being connected to nature is increasingly important to people particularly in the context of increasing populations and smaller homes with less outdoor spaces, Kylie said. The community values vegetation, whether formal green spaces such as parks and gardens or street trees, verge planting and, more recently, buildings that integrate planting on walls and roofs. The Urban Forest Fund currently has $1.2 million in seed funding to support projects that would otherwise not be funded, Successful applicants will be financially matched dollar for dollar. The City of Melbourne aims to grow the Urban Forest Fund by seeking further contributions from other organisations and individuals who want to create a greener city. 2020 Vision has implemented a range of tools to improve urban greening, including Australia's first comprehensive assessment of urban forest canopy cover, Kylie said. We want to see every person within an urban area live within close proximity to green spaces so they can reap the benefits of what Canopy has to offer. You can participate in the Urban Forest Fund as a supporter or a partner. Visit us online to submit an expression of interest or find out how you can help create a greener Melbourne. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash urbanforestfund. An accompanying photograph shows people enjoying a green roof space at the Victorian Comprehensive Cancer Centre. Cedar Stands Tall One year after a beautiful blue atlas cedar was temporarily removed from Lincoln Square to make way for a much-needed stormwater tank, the tree is back in place and thriving. The blue atlas cedar native to the Atlas Mountains of Morocco and Algeria and distinguished by its stunning silvery-blue foliage, was planted as one of two gateway trees to the park in around 1980. Arborist James Martins Mullally, Managing Director of Arbor Co., 
said that moving the 28-ton cedar was an unprecedented project in Australia and required innovative planning by an experienced team. Preparation of the tree and root ball was essential to ensure the tree was not stressed, said James. Tree root systems typically extend well beyond a tree's canopy. However, practical transplant methods require a majority of the root system to be removed. The cedar was replanted in August 2016 and has progressed well, according to monitoring, which was undertaken throughout the removal process and following the tree's reinstatement. Maintaining foliage density, seasonal branch extension growth and vigorous root regeneration are all indicators the tree is doing well, said James. Large trees provide a range of socio-economic benefits, which cannot be readily replaced. Relocating large trees is one way of preserving landscape amenity. Relative to the life of the tree, this project was short-lived. However, the returns are enduring. For more information, visit participate.melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash Lincoln square. Green light for market renewal. The state government has given the green light to the City of Melbourne's $250 million investment in the renewal of the Queen Victoria Market Precinct. The announcement came on the heels of an independent business case by SGS Economics and Planning that found only a major investment could secure the historic market's future. Andrew McDougall, principal and partner at SGS, said the Queen Victoria market has been in steady decline over the last 20 years, with profitability decreasing to 0%. There hasn't been any significant investment in the Queen Victoria market for at least two decades, Andrew said. During this time, the precinct around the market has changed. The way retail works has evolved, and the community has developed higher expectations. With the investment... This iconic place will remain a vibrant open-air market that is embraced by locals and visitors. The business case found that continuing business as usual would require the City of Melbourne to further subsidise market operations at an estimated cost to ratepayers of $100 million over the next 30 years. By contrast, the renewal investment is forecast to deliver value for money with a benefit-cost ratio of 55 far exceeding many other comparable government-funded projects. Lease and licence fees for traders will not increase during the renewal and market management has committed to keeping costs stable with average annual increases for existing traders to be no greater than 3% per annum. A temporary market pavilion will also be constructed to maintain core business during works. Luke Taylor from Melbourne City Meats has traded in Queen Victoria Market's meat hall for around 12 years, evolving his business for a changing customer base, many of whom now live in the city and shop more regularly. I'm looking forward to getting our back-of-house operations off the street level, Luke said. Not everyone drives here, and it'll be better for people arriving at the market on foot to have the forklifts, fruit and veggie trucks and garbage trucks underground. There are also plans for more eateries and open space, which I hope will encourage people to come to the market, stay longer and spend more with all the traders. We want it to get busier. For Luke, the Queen Victoria market renewal is about more than just development. It's about community. 
The Queen Victoria market is a good place to work when it's busy, and I have a great team around me, Luke said. We see the same people coming to do their shopping every week, every fortnight or month, so we really get to know them. It's not really like coming to work. It's more like a day out. The renewal of Queen Victoria Market will provide traders with fundamental utilities, including power, running water and cold storage, and relocate many of the back-of-house operations below ground. The project will also result in significant open space and new trading areas. Find out more online. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash Queen Victoria Market. An accompanying photo shows Luke Taylor, who enjoys the community atmosphere of Queen Victoria Market. Arts Precinct Meets Urban Oasis The hard surfaces and sharp edges synonymous with city streetscapes are set to give way to 2.5 hectares of landscaped parkland when South Bank Boulevard gets a green makeover. The proposal will see a new urban oasis linking domain parklands to the Yarra River, including significant planting, bike lanes, a new playground and public art opportunities. Randall Matheson, former head of change management for the ABC, said the project will provide a more beautiful urban landscape for all to enjoy. We're excited to be getting a big new front yard for our newly refurbished ABC Southbank Centre and the community. Randall said. The new space will give our program teams the opportunity to leave the studios and head outdoors. This could include radio and television outside broadcasts, concerts and performances. A significant reduction in the amount of traffic using the boulevard in recent years prompted a rethink of the space, which will favour pedestrians, public transport and cyclists. We have a number of enthusiastic bike riders at the ABC and they'll be delighted with the improved cycling amenity that the project will bring, Randall said. Staff will also be able to use the new spaces for casual meetings, a short stroll or just some time out to enjoy a coffee or some lunch with colleagues. The project aims to further enhance the neighbourhood character of Southbank as well as its popular arts precinct, which includes, among others, the National Gallery of Victoria, Melbourne Recital Centre and Victorian College of the Arts. Extensive community engagement has inspired the proposed design of the new Southbank Boulevard. View the artist's impressions and have your say online before the 25th of August. For more information, visit participate.melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash Southbank Boulevard. Trams on track. Change is underway in the Domain Precinct, with new tram infrastructure in place to keep Melburnians moving during the construction of Metro Tunnel's new Domain Station. Domain Road, between St Kilda Road and the western edge of Edmund Herring Oval, will remain closed for around five years, which prompted the recent installation of new tram tracks on Turak Road West and St Kilda Road. Route 58 trams have been diverted from Domain Road to Turak Road West. A triple platform stop on St Kilda Road is providing improved interchange between trams and two new accessible tram stops have been installed, one on Turak Road West near Millswin Street and one on St Kilda Road near the corner of Turak Road West. 
This new dedicated tram corridor maintains a direct connection between South Yarra and the central city and facilitates more reliable journey times while maintaining traffic flow in each direction. St Kilda Road is operating two traffic lanes in each direction between Bowen Crescent and Turak Road West before it is further reduced to one lane in each direction from early 2018. What's next? From late 2017, part of Grattan Street will close to facilitate construction of Metro Tunnel's new Parkville station. In preparation for the closure, Queensbury Street has been widened to two traffic lanes between Elizabeth and Rathdown Streets, increasing capacity for road users. Bike lanes will be maintained. For more information, visit metrotunnel.vic.gov.au. Transforming Elizabeth Street Thousands of pedestrians spill onto the pavements of Elizabeth Street every day as they make their way into the city. The crossing to Flinders Street Station has become Melbourne's busiest pedestrian intersection, prompting the City of Melbourne to rethink the design of the area and improve its appearance. Councillor Nicholas Francis Gilly, MBE, Chair of the Transport Portfolio, said we need to reimagine the role of the street as our population of visitors, residents and workers grows. The southern end of Elizabeth Street is busy and congested. The city has recognised that it needs lots of work, Councillor Francis Gilly said. The upgrades will see this part of the city transformed into a place where there is space for people to meet and move. Work is underway to close the eastern side of Elizabeth Street, between Flinders Street and Flinders Lane, to allow for a more expansive, pedestrianised area, capitalising on the 65% decline in vehicles using Elizabeth Street between 2004 and 2015. The $2.2 million upgrade will also include trees, landscaped areas and improved drainage to increase shade and cooling and reduce the impact of heavy rain. The City of Melbourne's plans to alleviate pedestrian congestion are closely linked to its strategies on public transport, roads and accessibility, with the aim to create a positive experience for everyone visiting the city. Walking is at the heart of every consideration we make at Council. How we offer planning permits and how we are changing parts of the city to help people get from place to place, Councillor Francis Gilly said. We know we don't have many parks in the central city, so being able to get cars off the road and give more space to people is essential. As a new councillor, I would like to acknowledge the council and staff, the professionals who lead our thinking, who've put the health and well-being of people at the heart of planning and beautifying the city. If you can walk about and feel safe, you can take your time, look up and enjoy seeing the sky and buildings. That is the mark of a great city. The first phase of improvements to Elizabeth Street South, the installation of signature bluestone paving on the western footpath, began in June. The road closure and associated street improvements will follow later in the year. For more information, visit participate.melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash Elizabeth Street. Wayfinding Pilot a new, user-friendly wayfinding project is helping locals and visitors navigate Melbourne on foot and by public transport. Matthew Howe, General Manager of Southern Cross Station, 
said the new wayfinding signage will help the station's 71 million patrons plan their journey each year. Simpler, clearer and graphically intuitive displays will help each visitor make decisions on how they will travel throughout our city and encourage accessibility, Matthew said. It has been surprising how many people have taken immediately to the simple graphic map on the pillar at the corner of Burke and Spencer Streets. It was literally in minutes. Experts in geographic information systems, 3D design and industrial design from the City of Melbourne and Southern Cross Station have worked together to bring this project to life. As the city moves west and Southern Cross Station becomes truly in the heart of the Melbourne CBD, our role evolves, Matthew said. We believe strongly in progressing beyond the physical signage into future options that integrate technology enabling visitors to safely and seamlessly plan their experiences across all public venues and local attractions. Following testing, the project team aims to refine the wayfinding tools and roll them out across the municipality and beyond. Keep an eye out for the pilot wayfinding signage at Southern Cross Station and North Melbourne. For more information, visit whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash visitors. Events calendar. A few of our favourite things. Find more great events like this at whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au 27th of July to the 5th of August. Northside Winter Festival. See the historic streets and laneways of North and West Melbourne come to life with music, walking tours, pop-up cinemas theatre, comedy, markets, dining and more. Find the official festival hub at 44 Errol Street. 29th of July to the 10th of September. I see you like this. Explore a strange and beautiful collection of photo portraits art directed by children with artists Jessica Wilson and Matilda Woodruff in the Art Play Gallery. Using unusual props and craft materials, Children will also have the opportunity to direct their own artistic portrait of a chosen adult. 3rd to the 31st of August, Fed Square Live. Wrap your hands around a cheeky glass of mulled wine and enjoy a series of free concerts featuring local and emerging artists. Fed Square Live takes place every Thursday in August from 7pm in the Upper Plaza and the Acme Cafe and Bar. 5th to the 19th of August, Composers Club. Kids can create and perform new pieces of music as a group at Art Play, working with musician Gillian Howell. This event is for children aged 9 to 12. 5th to the 20th of August, Limpit Wien. Be mesmerised by the Limpit Wien, which means campfire in Gunditjmara language, as it becomes the centre of live performances, storytelling, learning and sharing during winter celebrations at Federation Square. The fire will be lit on Saturday the 5th of August and burn continuously for three weeks. 6th of August. Weaving Memories. Learn basket weaving at Art Play with Wadi Wadi Yorta Yorta and Narangeri artist Glenda Nichols. Separate sessions are offered for children aged 6 to 8 and 7 to 10. 12th of August, La Mama turns 50. 
Celebrate La Mama's Golden Jubilee with a birthday party and the launch of a new book about the iconic theatre. Everyone is welcome. La Mama will also present a mini festival of works by some of their beloved artists to mark the anniversary. 12th of August. Radicals, Bells and Femme Fatales. Join female pop choir The Decibels at Meat Market for a tribute to the music that honours the legacy of feminism in popular music, from Alanis to Aretha and Beyoncé to Madonna. 13th of August, Vin Diemen. Indulge in a little taste of Tasmania at Meat Market. Vin Diemen showcases a hit parade of celebrated wine, outstanding produce and boutique beverages from leading producers. 13th and 20th of August, DIY Comics. 10 to 12-year-olds are invited to create their own mini-comics to trade with friends in this two-part workshop at Artplay, facilitated by illustrator Sarah Howell. Get scribbling from 2pm to 4pm. 20th of August, Day, Flying Crown. Make your own flying fabric sculptures inspired by African folk tales in a workshop for five to eight-year-olds. This workshop is facilitated by visual artist Mito Elias at Artplay and runs from 10.30am to noon. 24th of August to the 21st of September. Signal Screen Commissions. Feast your eyes on a new series of artworks created by six talented young artists with mentorship from established artists at Les Erdi Plaza. A special launch night will be held on the 24th of August. Screenings commence after dark. 25th of August to the 3rd of September, Melbourne Writers' Festival. Immerse yourself in the highlight of Melbourne's literary calendar. For more than 30 years, this iconic festival has brought together writerly talent and ideas from around Australia and beyond. Events are held at various venues, including Melbourne Town Hall. 27th and 30th of August, Melbourne Day Celebrations. Enjoy food trucks, live music, entertainment and more at Docklands on the 27th of August to help celebrate 182 years of Melbourne. Then, on the 30th of August, see Lord Mayor Robert Doyle and our junior Lord Mayor lead an official flag-raising ceremony at Enterprise Park, the place where Melbourne was first settled. 1st of September. Mould. A cheese festival. Cheese fiends, look no further. Revel in a bounty of handmade Australian cheese from top producers at Meat Market. Mould also offers cooking demonstrations, relaxed masterclasses and a bar well stocked with wine, cider, beer and whiskey. 1st to the 8th of September, Narrative Silks Exhibition. Marvel at a vivid avalanche of hand-painted and digitally printed silks created by Linda Jackson and Linnell Young in collaboration with young artists. Presented at Signal for Melbourne Fashion Week, this exhibition explores identity through colour, form and abstraction. 10th of September. Mexican Festival. Experience the best of all things Mexican in this colourful festival at Federation Square, which welcomes more than 25,000 visitors annually in celebration of Mexican Independence Day. 14th of September to the 1st of October, Melbourne Fringe Festival. 
Stumble upon something new during Melbourne's annual celebration of independent, adventurous and inclusive art at various venues, including Art Play and Arts House. 14th of September to the 1st of October, Emerald City. Be dazzled by an array of unique performances for all ages at Meat Market. Emerald City is presented by Upswing Arts as part of Melbourne Fringe. Sports. 27th to the 30th of September. Foxtel Footy Festival. Be part of finals fever at Yarra Park, just outside the MCG. This free event features something for the whole family, including live broadcasts, player appearances, kids' activities, food, music, and, of course, footy. 29th of September. Toyota AFL Grand Final Parade. Fans of all ages are invited to see the cavalcade of top footy players, marching bands and roving entertainers parade from the old Treasury Building to Yarra Park. Get the word on what's on in the city. Subscribe to our weekly newsletter at whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash subscribe. Melbourne Fashion Week, 1st to the 8th of September. A Stitch in Time. Handcraft meets high fashion. Seeing your garments on a grand stage at Melbourne Fashion Week is a big dream for an aspiring student designer. While studying fashion at RMIT last year, Stephanie Henley was astonished to be selected from among scores of talented student designers to stage her first professional runway show at the very same event she admired. I've always loved the runway. It's so theatrical. Stephanie said. When I finally managed to achieve what I'd dreamed of, it was surreal. Everyone went quiet, and it was all dark, and there they were. I'd been working on the designs in my studio, sometimes until three o'clock in the morning, and I was so used to seeing the collection. But with all the hair and makeup and music, it was amazing. Stephanie's all-nighters paid off when she won the 2016 Melbourne Spring Fashion Week Emerging Student Designer Award. The win led to a showcase at Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week Australia and a year of business mentoring through St George. Despite the high fashion glamour of her collection, Stephanie's inspiration is simple, a passion for embroidery and hand-stitching. My theme was based on the preservation of handcraft as a sustainable fashion practice. To preserve handcraft, you have to constantly reinvent it and make it relevant, Stephanie said. The concept was to use embroidery as form and function, as opposed to just decoration, so all my garments are actually created through hand embroidery. The big red jacket in my collection starts off as just six metres of long fabric. I start at one end of what will end up being a sleeve and, as I embroider, I pull my yarns to create that bulbous shape. Essentially, you're just painting fabric, but with a thread. Stephanie sees the runway as inspiration for what is already a rich fashion culture on the streets of Melbourne. Anything goes in Melbourne and it's so inspiring, Stephanie said. Now it's cool to go to the op shop and you want to look different. You don't really want to look mainstream. Sydney is fantastic too, but it's a lot more brand-oriented. It's a magazine there, but Melbourne is more like a blog. 
Stephanie is now working on garments for a pop-up store and selling simplified, ready-to-wear versions of her runway designs online. She is also working for a textile company to keep building her skills and fabric knowledge. Melbourne Fashion Week has absolutely opened doors, the whole process of it. It's been a whirlwind eight months, Stephanie said. I'm now talking to this amazing social enterprise in Vietnam that trains people up within handcraft, but with a high fashion twist. Their skills are 100% better than mine because they've been doing it generation on generation. Going over to visit them, to learn from them, or even to get them to co-design and add to the collection would be an amazing next step. Melbourne Fashion Week, formerly known as Melbourne Spring Fashion Week, is presented by the City of Melbourne. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash mfw. Melbourne Fashion Week at Town Hall, the 1st to the 8th of September. Melbourne Town Hall will be the heart of celebrations in 2017, featuring premium runways, the Melbourne Fashion Week bar and an extensive free program of events, including local musicians, fashion showcases, a designer market, workshops and the Creative Collective Exhibition. Diary Dates 1st of September Melbourne Fashion Week Opening Night Indulge in exclusive specials and experiences at city retailers throughout the night during the Vogue American Express Fashions Night Out. Plus, see Little Burke Street transformed into a spectacular open-air runway for Emporium Melbourne's free opening night runway. 1st to the 8th of September Creative Collective Exhibition Discover Melbourne's most innovative and inspiring independent designers, artists and retailers in this carefully curated exhibition presented by Creative Victoria. 3rd of September. Garage Runways. Feast your eyes on new season looks from labels that embody creativity, originality and a distinct Melbournean edge in the Town Hall car park. 4th to the 8th of September. Premium Runways. Be the first to see this year's spring and summer looks from Australia's leading designers on Melbourne Fashion Week's world-class runways, housed in the spectacular Melbourne Town Hall. 4th of September. Industry Seminar. Designers and retailers are invited to get invaluable tips from high-profile industry insiders to help grow their brand in this event, presented by Creative Victoria. 7th of September. Student Runways. See the next big thing in Australian fashion. Creative, daring and technically impressive, these two runways feature looks by students from Melbourne's top design schools. Geeks Go Global A Melbourne start-up that aims to teach one million women to build the internet by 2025 is breeding a new generation of local entrepreneurs. Girl Geek Academy co-founder Sarah Moran said that Melbourne is a great place to be if you're a woman building a startup. Our Hashtag She Hacks initiative is designed specifically to connect women founders together to build sustainable businesses and make Melbourne the best place in the world for a woman to join or create a startup, Sarah said. Figures show that startups and small and medium-sized enterprises are generating more employment for Australians than big businesses, so it's critical that we work together to grow this section of our economy. 
The best part is watching women and young girls light up when they realise there's a whole world they can build, and it's within reach. Girl Geek Academy is just one of the many Melbourne startups supported through the City of Melbourne's new Startup Action Plan. Developed through extensive engagement with Melbourne's startup community, the Startup Action Plan identifies what the City of Melbourne can do to help businesses start, grow, and go global from Melbourne. It's great to see the City of Melbourne so forward thinking in supporting startups, and we've received incredible support from the Council that has been invaluable to our journey, Sarah said. Being involved with Melbourne Knowledge Week, for example, has enabled us to extend the reach of our startup boot camps to a completely new audience. We have also participated in the Mini Maker Day at the Docklands Library every year since its inception. For the Girl Geek Academy team, the next step is the world stage. We want to take our Miss Makes Codes initiative, the world's first hackathon for girls aged 5 to 8, global, and we've packaged it in a way that makes this possible, Sarah said. So far, we've had an incredible reaction from the startup community who are backing us in what we're trying to achieve, along with our growing community of girl geeks who are driving our organisation into the future. In Australia, we're much more advanced than other markets for gender equality in business, including the United States, although we've still got a long way to go. Startups aren't just about technology. They're businesses from all sectors that have an innovative and entrepreneurial mindset and grow quickly. If you have a bold, inspirational and sustainable idea for a startup, find out more about small business grants and the Startup Action Plan online. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash startups. An accompanying photograph shows the Girl Geek Academy co-founders April Staines, Lisey Kane, Tammy Buto, Amanda Watts and Sarah Moran. Beyond the box office. An RMIT research project has confirmed that investment in the arts is intrinsic to Melbourne's identity, creative edge and reputation. Economics lecturer and actor Dr Meg Elkins spearheaded this study applying her passion for cultural economics and creativity to a series of surveys. Many respondents from the audiences and general public were willing to volunteer on average 24 hours a year towards the arts, Meg said. We see volunteering in the arts as the unsung story. More than 90% of survey respondents agreed that the arts should be preserved for future generations. Another key finding was that the majority of artists who received City of Melbourne support secured either paid work or further funding opportunities. The arts play an important role in cultural identity and societal and individual well-being, Meg said. Spending on the arts develops a vibrant creative city and has spillover effects that are beneficial for a whole community. Creativity is said to be the next bastion driving innovation. The next challenge is helping artists leverage off networking opportunities to ensure that they are able to have security and career longevity. The City of Melbourne recently committed $18.3 million to arts and culture in the 2017-18 budget. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash arts.
An accompanying photograph shows Cut the Sky by Marugeku at Arts House. Southbank's new creative hub. Our Creative Spaces program has activated 1,000 square metres of vacant retail space in Southbank to help smaller arts organisations, independent producers and artists create and collaborate. Creative Spaces has leased and subdivided the venue in partnership with Creative Victoria, providing a home for the Melbourne Fringe Festival, NIDA Melbourne, a cafe, a flexible rehearsal space, a curated public gallery and a co-working space. Guild co-work. Arts producer Kate ben said Guild co-work was formed in response to a lack of affordable space for performing arts practitioners in a precinct dominated by larger arts organisations. It's great to have a nice space to bring potential clients and colleagues for meetings, especially with the sun streaming through the floor-to-ceiling glass walls, Kate said. I'm interested in how the opportunity might lead to a stronger professional network and the kind of collaborations that develop organically while you are making a cup of tea in the shared kitchen. The Creative Hub not only promotes collaboration, but allows artists to share resources and support staff. It's great that the City of Melbourne is offering an artist-in-residence program starting in 2018, offering two creatives the chance to establish themselves and network at the Guild, Kate said. The large, flexible space, Studio 6, will be available for hire by independent artists and arts organisations to develop work in and hold workshops and rehearsals. Hopefully it will be a great place to test out ideas dreamed up in the co-working space. In future, Kate hopes to see the co-working space host a mentorship program and international artist residencies. For more information, visit creativespaces.net.au. An accompanying photograph shows Kate Bentoven, who hopes the Guild will spark creative collaborations. Photo credit, Diana Snape. Skate stars shine. Nastasia Ting might not be who you'd expect to see in Melbourne skate parks, but she's there every Saturday with a crew of like-minded ladies looking to shred. Skating is awesome, whether you're just pushing around or rocking a seamless 270 to switch feeble. It's something everyone can benefit from, Nastasia said, referring to an airborne three-quarter turn followed by a slide. I cannot pinpoint exactly why, but the thought genuinely never crossed my mind that I could do what the boys were doing. Perhaps it was because I just didn't see women doing it. As National Operations Manager for Girls Skate Australia and a board member of the Victorian Skateboarding Association, nurturing Melbourne's skate community is close to Nastasia's heart. After developing somewhat of an obsession with the sport, Nastasia and a friend started a female skateboarding community called Thrusher that meets weekly in parks throughout Melbourne. The group has grown exponentially since its inception. Seeing the development in the people we skate with has driven us to foster a supportive and comfortable space for everyone on a board, Nastasia said. The more women who become engaged in skating, the more others will be drawn into it. Increasing the representation of women will result in more exposure at all levels and equality at the park and at the professional level. 
Female skateboarders are getting more exposure and support than ever. It's so heartening to see. Skateboarding can only benefit from increased diversity, and I feel very lucky to be involved in that process in some small way. Nastasia believes that the combination of characters and spaces gives Melbourne a unique skate culture. Skateboarding in general is so full of characters, and Melbourne is absolutely no exception, Nastasia said. Melbourne skate communities are intrinsically tied to its spaces, so it's really positive to see Melbourne's skate plan being developed to create more spaces for this culture to thrive. Everything that makes Melbourne great is reflected in its skate culture, and that makes it pretty special. In a world where people's lives are increasingly sedentary and isolated, the members of Thrusher are always encouraging new people to give skating a go. Skating is inherently positive. It provides a unique physical outlet that isn't necessarily as competitive as traditional sports. It's really helped my mental health, and it provides a community unlike any other, Nastasia said. Everyone can benefit from skating, so everyone should feel comfortable getting on board. Pun intended. See Australia's best female skateboarders in action on the 25th of November at the Riverslide Skate Park, for the annual Daughters of Doom skate competition. For more information, visit participate.melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash skate. An accompanying photograph shows Nastasia Ting, who is an advocate for positivity and inclusion in skate culture. Food for All the Community Food Guide is a one-stop shop that helps people access, learn about and grow affordable and nutritious food. Community development worker Loretta Curtin said that many people who access programs at the Kensington Neighbourhood House live in high-rise apartments, so don't have room to grow their own food. We have established communal gardens around the suburb where people can access and help grow affordable, fresh, organic produce for $20 a year, Loretta said. Our cooking and gardening workshops also show people how to shop on a budget, cook with leftovers, cook with produce from the garden, grow herbs and urban forage. While food insecurity in Australia may not mean dying of hunger, it can mean having to choose between paying rent or buying healthy food. For parents, it can mean them eating less to help feed their children. A recent survey revealed that 9.8% of City of Melbourne residents over the age of 18 had experienced some form of food insecurity in the previous 12 months. Figures were particularly high among university students. With limited capacity for emergency relief, community programs play an important role in supporting community capacity, health and well-being. Programs may include providing free or cheap meals, community gardens, or even shopping support. There are a broad range of food-related activities taking place across the City of Melbourne, and the Community Food Guide brings all that information together for residents and agencies. Hard copies of the Community Food Guide are available through community hubs, libraries and online. If you wish to establish a new community food program, grant information is also available online. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash community food guide.
An accompanying photograph shows local residents enjoying a street garden in Melbourne. A Century of Care Boyd Community Hub in Southbank is abuzz with celebrations marking 100 years of maternal and child health services in Victoria. Genevieve Rawling, a maternal and child health nurse for almost 20 years, said the free services offer support to every new mother in the city of Melbourne and provide health checks and immunisation for children from newborn babies to preschool age. When I mentor maternal and child health student nurses, I encourage them to actively listen and deeply observe. These are extremely powerful attributes nurses should have, Genevieve said. I am honoured to hear the parents' stories and love seeing that shift of confidence in new mothers. Each maternal and child health nurse has particular qualifications, including lactation, immunisation, infant mental health and more. Some parents may need interpreters, and a variety of support groups exist for families from different linguistic backgrounds. Outreach is provided to parents who require extra support. In an age where overwhelming amounts of medical information can be found, through family, friends and online, Genevieve encourages new parents to trust their instincts. Young women today have such high expectations of themselves. People go into parenthood thinking that they have to be the best, Genevieve said. But there is no definition of a perfect mother. Mothers try so hard to be great parents, they do not realise that they already are. Fiona Oliver, first-time mum to baby Lucille, was delighted to discover the services available just a stone's throw away from her home and particularly enjoys the friendship of her new parents group. I really like that you are always welcome to drop in for a little play and that there is also a more secluded space where you can comfortably and quietly feed your baby if need be, Fiona said. Members of my parents' group also meet regularly outside of our allocated playgroup time. It is a lovely opportunity to share information, tips and your experience as a new parent. Maternal and child health nurses make more than 827,000 free consultations per year across Victoria in a partnership between local and state government. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash families. An accompanying photograph shows a nurse visiting a new mother in the 1960s. Photo courtesy State Library of Victoria. Photo credit Maggie Diaz. Fringe Festival Fun Simon Abrahams, Creative Director and CEO of Melbourne Fringe, shares what the festival has to offer in 2017 at Arts House, Art Play and Beyond from the 14th of September to the 1st of October. Why is Melbourne Fringe Festival important to the city? Melbourne Fringe was born in 1982, so it's one of our longest-running festivals. Almost every artist in this city has come through the Fringe at some stage of their career. We now work with 3,500 artists a year in over 450 events, attended by more than 350,000 people. From the weird and the wonderful, to emerging artists, to those at the top of their game, Melbourne Fringe is truly the festival that belongs to the people of Melbourne. What is special about this year's programme? 
This year's program has a really strong political edge to it. It's been absolutely fascinating to talk to artists and see what's motivating their art making, and there's no doubt that the current political situation, here in Australia and in the United States and the United Kingdom and France, is definitely having impact. It's certainly fodder for comedy, but it's also motivating people to think about ways we can connect or to reimagine new democratic processes. What's happening at Arts House this year? Arts House is the heart of Melbourne Fringe, as it's part of the Fringe Hub, our collection of venues in North Melbourne that's programmed together so that audiences can see work back to back. It's the social centre of the festival, as it's where we hold the Fringe Club, which is a super fun temporary bar and club space full of free events. It's the most fun place you can possibly imagine to be. Absolutely everyone is welcome. And what's on at Art Play? We are running a kids' club at Art Play so that children in the festival can have the same brilliant experience that adults get in the Fringe Club. The kids' club will be programmed with free events and create a fun, safe space for kids to play as we celebrate the voice, the body, difference and inclusion through celebratory and participatory events. Why should adults have all the fun? How can people engage with the Melbourne Fringe Festival? Melbourne Fringe is a time for discovery, so I encourage anyone to dive into the program. About a third of the festival is free, and our average ticket price is around $22, so it's not hard to find something for every budget. The best thing to do is to choose something that looks great. Choose something random before or after and see something free. All in a row. That way you're guaranteed one hell of a fringe experience. It's all about that spirit of adventure. You don't know what you're going to get at Fringe, and that's what makes it so extraordinary. It's constantly surprising. Melbourne Fringe is a City of Melbourne Triennial Arts Grant recipient. For more information, visit whatson.melbourne.vic.gov.au. Accompanying photographs show Simon Abrahams and Flesh Fanatics from Melbourne Fringe Festival 2016. Photo credit Teresa Harrison. In brief, no parking in bike lanes. Drivers who stop in a bike lane for any length of time, even to quickly drop off passengers, endanger lives and run the risk of a $152 on-the-spot fine. Remember to park legally to help us create a cycling-friendly city and be considerate to all road users. melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash parking Register your pet. A fundamental part of responsible pet ownership is ensuring your pet is registered and microchipped, as this means we can more easily reunite them with you if they become lost. Visit us online to register your pet or watch our video on responsible pet ownership. melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash pets Sister Cities a new sister-state relationship between Victoria and Sichuan is strengthening culture and business ties between the two cities. Melbourne and Chengdu, which are both renowned for their strong sustainability, biotech and innovation industries. Mayor of Chengdu, Luo Chiang, recently met with Lord Mayor Robert Doyle AC to affirm this partnership. melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash Sister Cities.
lost and found pets. If your dog escapes or becomes lost, and we're unable to contact the owner, it will now be taken to the Lost Dogs Home in North Melbourne, not the RSPCA in Burwood. Remember to register and microchip your pet so we can help reunite you with your furry friend as soon as possible. melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash pets Startups head to Suzhou. Some of Melbourne's top startups will pitch their ideas in Suzhou, China, thanks to a competition run through the Jiangsu Victoria Innovation Centre. The City of Melbourne is also working with stakeholders to create an ongoing startup incubator that connects entrepreneurs to China. melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash sister cities. Your Council. The Right Honourable Lord Mayor Robert Doyle, AC. Portfolio Chair, Major Projects and Major Events, Aboriginal City and Transport, Interim. Phone, 96589658. Email, lordmayor at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Deputy Lord Mayor Aaron Wood. Portfolio Chair, Finance and Governance. Phone, 96589658. Email, Aaron.wood, that's spelled A-R-R-O-N dot W-O-O-D, at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Nicholas Francis Gilly, MBE. Portfolio Chair, Transport. Phone, 96589038. Email, nicholas.francisgilly, that's spelled N-I-C-O-L-A-S dot F-R-A-N-C-E-S-G-I-L-L-E-Y at melbourne.vic.gov.au Councillor Rohan Leppert, Portfolio Chair, Arts, Culture and Heritage, phone 96589051. Email rohan.leppert, that's spelt R-O-H-A-N dot L-E-P-P-E-R-T at melbourne.vic.gov.au Councillor Philip Leloux, Portfolio Chair, International Engagement, phone 96589630. Email philip.leloux, that's spelled p-h-i-l-i-p dot l-e-l-i-u at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Kevin Louie, Portfolio Chair, Prosperous City, phone 96589170. Email kevin.leloux, that's spelled K-E-V-I-N dot L-O-U-E-Y at melbourne.vic.gov.au Councillor Cathy Oak, Portfolio Chair Environment, phone 96589086, email kathy.oak, that's spelled C-A-T-H-Y dot O-K-E at melbourne.vic.gov.au Councillor Nicholas Rees, Portfolio Chair Planning, phone 9658 9704. Email Nicholas. Reese, that's spelled N I C H O L A S dot R E C E at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Susan Riley, Portfolio Chair, Small Business, Retail and Hospitality, phone 9658 9636. Email Susan.Riley that's spelled S-U-S-A-N dot R-I-L-E-Y at melbourne.vic.gov.au Councillor Tessa Sullivan Portfolio Chair, People City Phone 
Email tessa.sullivan, that's spelled T-E-S-S-A dot S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N, at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Councillor Jackie Watts, Portfolio Chair, Knowledge City, phone 9658 8580. Email jackie.watts, that's spelled J-A-C-K-I-E dot W-A-T-T-S, at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Postal address for all councillors, City of Melbourne, GPO Box 1603, Melbourne, Victoria, 3001. Fax for all councillors, 03-9658-9613. Council meetings, August, Future Melbourne Committee, Tuesday the 1st of August, 5.30pm. Future Melbourne Committee, Tuesday the 15th of August, 5.30pm. Council, Tuesday the 29th of August, 5.30pm. September, Future Melbourne Committee, Tuesday the 5th of September, 5.30pm. Future Melbourne Committee, Tuesday the 19th of September, 5.30pm. Council, Tuesday the 26th of September, 5.30pm. All committee meetings are held in Council Meeting Room, Level 2, Melbourne Town Hall, Swanston Street, Melbourne. All council meetings are held in Council Chamber, Public Gallery, Level 3, Melbourne Town Hall, Swanston Street, Melbourne. On occasion, council meetings are rescheduled or special meetings of the committees and council are called. For upcoming council and committee meeting dates and times, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au. Changes to the meeting schedule are published at melbourne.vic.gov.au and on the notice board at the front of the Melbourne Town Hall Administration Building. Lord Mayor's Commendations Sarah Ray, Justicia Lawyers and Consultants Modern workplaces are changing. Progressive employers are embracing flexible working practices and collegiate workspaces to create an agile and engaged workforce. Sarah Ray has been helping create and sustain exceptional workplaces through her boutique employment and labour relations law firm, Justicia Lawyers and Consultants. Justicia was established 12 years ago when Sarah joined forces with Mary Jane Erodiakonu. We were large law firm escapees. At the time, people said we were brave, but we thought we had nothing to lose. So the two of us set up a small office in the city, Sarah said. The firm has since expanded, now with nine lawyers and six law students, and moved to a larger office in William Street. While Mary Jane left the firm two years ago to take up an appointment as Associate Justice of the Supreme Court, Justicia has continued to build a reputation for providing practical advice with an eye to minimising workplace conflict and enhancing employee engagement. Our lawyers understand that exceptional workplaces need more than just legal solutions. That's why we work together with professionals from a range of disciplines to give our clients the very best workplace advice, Sarah said. As advisors to employers, we think it's important to model best practice in our own workplace. Justicia has been recognised not only for the quality of its work, but also for its unique workplace culture, innovative work practices and genuine commitment to sustainable lawyering. I want to challenge the traditional model of legal service delivery and improve on it, 
The old model is hierarchical, internally competitive and a pressure cooker environment. We have been able to explore new ways of working. Justicia was named Victorian Law Firm of the Year in 2013. I have been a lawyer in Melbourne for 20 plus years. Back then the city centre was much smaller, but now it has expanded to places like Docklands, where we have seen innovative, purpose-built working environments created from the ground up, Sarah said. We're seeing shared offices, hot desking, breakout areas and changes in when one is actually needed to be at work. There is ongoing debate about how the employee benefits, but it is nonetheless a revolution. An exciting time to be an employment lawyer. Sarah said business-to-business networking opportunities and Melbourne's professional associations have proven invaluable to Justicia's business growth and success. The beauty of Melbourne is that it is big enough to have character and diversity. It's sophisticated, but it's also like a village that fosters connectivity. Sarah was one of 57 recipients of a Lord Mayor's Commendation in 2016. For more information, visit melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash commendations. An accompanying photograph shows Sarah Ray, who has a passion for employment law. The businesses featured on this page are all recipients of Lord Mayor's Commendations. The commendations recognise the long-term commitment and contributions of Melbourne's small business proprietors and family-run businesses to the City of Melbourne. Contact. City of Melbourne. Phone 03 9658 9658, 7.30am to 6pm. Online, melbourne.vic.gov.au and melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash contact us. National Relay Service. Teletypewriter, TTY users, phone 133677. Then ask for 03-9658-9658. Speak and listen users, phone 1300 727. Then ask for 03-9658-9658. In person, Melbourne Town Hall, Administration Building, 120 Swanson Street, Melbourne, 7.30am to 5pm, Monday to Friday. Postal address, City of Melbourne, GPO Box 1603, Melbourne, Victoria 3000. Feedback. To provide feedback, contact the City of Melbourne or email melbournemag at melbourne.vic.gov.au. Online version. Subscribe to the online version at melbourne.vic.gov.au forward slash melbournemag. Audio version. To receive a copy, contact... Vision Australia. Email john.rogis, that's spelled J-O-H-N dot R-O-J-A-S, at visionaustralia.org, or phone 03 8378 1252. Connect. Facebook, facebook.com forward slash City of Melbourne. Twitter, twitter.com forward slash City of Melbourne. Instagram, instagram.com forward slash City of Melbourne. Interpreter Services. We cater for people of all backgrounds. Please call 03 9280 0726. Amharic, 
039280-0716, Cantonese, 039280-0717, Greek, 039280-0718, Indonesian, 039280-0719, Italian, 039280-0720, Mandarin, 039280-0721, Somali, 039280-0722, Spanish, 039280-0723, Turkish, 039280-0724, Vietnamese, 039280-0725, all other languages, 0392800726. Disclaimer. Information and events in this publication are current at the time of printing. Subsequent changes may occur. The City of Melbourne does not guarantee that this publication is without flaw or wholly appropriate for your purposes. It and its employees expressly disclaim any liability for any loss or damage whether direct or consequential, suffered by any person as the result of or arising from reliance on any information contained in the publication. Copyright. All applicable copyrights reserved for the City of Melbourne. Except for any uses permitted under the Copyright Act 1968, Commonwealth, no part of this publication may be reproduced in any manner or in any medium, whether electronic or otherwise, without the express permission of the City of Melbourne. You have been listening to Melbourne, your City of Melbourne magazine, August-September 2017. This production has been made possible by the City of Melbourne in the interests of information accessibility. The audio version has been produced by Accessible Information Solutions of Vision Australia, website www.visionaustralia.org. Care has been taken in the recording of this publication But Accessible Information Solutions of Vision Australia does not accept responsibility for the results of specific action taken on the basis of this recording, nor for any error or omission. This recording is copyright. No unauthorised copying, broadcasting or public performance is permitted. Your narrator was David Trudinik. This concludes the recording.